Welcome to Rec Talks, a podcast dedicated to the latest trends from the world of rec tech, fintech, and financial regulations. My name is Klaus Christensen, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of award-winning rec tech provider, Know Your Customer. Today, it's my great pleasure to welcome Deborah Young as my guest. Deborah Young is the founding CEO of the RecTech Association in Australia. The RecTech Association is a global non-profit industry member body focused on accelerating adoption of RecTech solutions and creating a global center of excellence. Since helping to establish the association in 2017, Deborah has led its growth to 160 organizations, including 120 RecTech firms. With 20-plus years of experience as a senior executive across financial services, Deborah holds an executive MBA from UTS Business School and was named among the 100 Women of Influence for Innovation by the Australian Finance Review. Deborah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much to Klaus and the team for having me here today. We'll mention our producer Maggie as well. Thank you, Maggie. Thanks, Maggie. Can you tell us about the origin story of the RecTech Association as a first question? Look, it's a really interesting story and my first exposure to it was actually at my kitchen table one day. The real story is that there was a dysfunction in the marketplace and there was no easy way to lift the conversation of RegTech vendors beyond software sales to a more strategic value-giving proposition. And so I was sitting at my kitchen table reading the newspaper and I saw that an association had been formed and the previous day it had launched, probably had 100 people at their launch party. And I contacted them and said, I think I can help you. I've got a background in compliance and risk management. But moreover, I have uh, worked in industry advocacy for other industry bodies for the last 20 years and I would love to come and help you. So that uh, was actually what happened as I sat at my kitchen table. But what they had identified was this dysfunction and the need to elevate the conversation. And so the first part of our journey was really about getting together with key stakeholders, deepening the pool of RegTech uh, companies that were involved because there was probably half a dozen or eight companies involved from the beginning. This was not funded from the government. It had no funding from anywhere else other than that small cohort. And then once we had uh, depth in the reg techs, we were then able to radiate out from there, invite the financial services institutions along to join, and then also to the regulators. And so it was in those early days that we were very much just about trying to build out that community so that we could have the right style of conversation at the right time, speaking to people who had appetite and budget as opposed to the other way of doing things, and that is lots of empty door knocking and nothing much uh, happening as a result. That's fascinating. Actually, it reminds me of our own journey, of course. We've been part in other rec tech organizations around the, the globe, and uh, often I've seen it happening that the rec techs that come to the table are, as technology companies often are, a bit immature in the view of the very established financial institutions that are also part of the same organizations. And to bring those conversations to the same level must be a challenge. And uh, I love that your rec tech organization takes this on. Yes, yes. The other thing that we had to do too was ensure a common language. So one of the first things that we set about doing was to create a reg tech taxonomy as well so that when we started having the conversations, everybody was very clear about what it is that we were talking about. 
because in the early days there were so many different uh, terms being bandied around. So we tried to make sense of it to give ourselves, you know, a common language and a common platform to start having those vital conversations. And we now have about 160 organisations in the community. To come up with taxonomy is, is even better. I wonder if that helps against the kind of inflation of terms that you sometimes see that everybody seems to do AI, even if they only have a little plug-in component. Yeah, and we had to build it in such a way that the buyers would actually understand when they approached it what it was, because sometimes they have a very simple view they're looking for regulatory reporting or they are looking at, you know, some specific thing. So we had to build the taxonomy so that it addressed risk, addressed a functional role and actually what does the solution uh, do. And so we had to build it on that basis. Well, with RegTech Association having um, a slightly different focus already, um, how would you describe the RegTech scene in Australia? How has it also changed over the past few years? A lot has changed in uh, five years, and uh, I think we'd all agree that the pandemic has actually accelerated uh, a lot of things. But we went from, you know, fingers crossed, kind of, if we uh, create an event, will people actually even turn up? I remember one of the first events we ran, we weren't sure if anybody would turn up, and everybody that registered actually turned up, and then we didn't have enough seats. So that's pretty much been the story where we weren't sure, but we were actually able to solve a problem that no one else was solving. And so we have seen uh, regulators engage with us, gain confidence around the work that we're doing. We've seen the institutions now come because in the early days there was a lot of buyers and not very many sellers. What we've seen now is on many of the programs that we run, there are actually many more buyers attending those than uh, sellers, which is a complete another shift. If we look back just prior to the pandemic, to underline the point about what's happening in the local scene here, we had a thousand people attend our programs in 2019 calendar year. Um, but since the beginning of the pandemic, we've had 13,000 people from 75 countries attend programs. So we have solutions like yours in the KYC, KYB space, but it's a very diverse community. We've got things in there like ESG solutions, we've got e-discovery, we've got conduct and culture solutions, digital identification, verification solutions, workforce management. There is so much in here and um, the world has really opened up And we've been able to maximise that in particular during during the pandemic. An important point to make too is we've had to take care to unbundle ourselves a little bit from fintech because fintech is really a completely different thing to regtech and regtech actually has a much broader potential customer base than fintech. And so we've, we've been careful to try and unbundle ourselves a little bit so that we don't get considered under fintech somewhere. So we've been careful to try and broaden out the appeal of regtech uh, to many different industries. We initially thought of ourselves as financial technology. And in the early days, 2016, 17, we might have called ourselves fintech even. But then the industry also shifted away using this label more for challenger banks. And RegTech only came up then. And immediately we saw that's the better focus for ourselves. So for us, it's more of focusing. For you, it's more a broadening in terms. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. And it's also moving away from the thought that RegTech actually is a disruptor. I think the only thing that RegTech disrupts is a, a bad process or bad technology, but it doesn't actually disrupt an entire industry like fintech could potentially disrupt. 
That's correct. Yes. Let's disrupt the paper process. It's one thing that I always uh, explain to investors who sit there and think, oh, who who is this guy disrupting? And I have to tell them, well, actually, this is not about disruption. This is about giving financial institutions a better process and a more safe process with automation. And that's not making anything obsolete except for, for the paper process. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Slightly shifting tax, Australia being such a large country, where would you say most of the RecTech action is currently taking place? If you were to organize a RecTech tour of Australia, what stops would it include? Well, people are going to think I'm biased because I'm a born and bred uh, Sydney, New South Wales girl. But the truth is, Australia is the third largest RecTech hub in the world. And within Australia, the largest concentration of RegTech product producers are actually in uh, Sydney. So 68% of our uh, members, the founders, are based in New South Wales, 30% uh, in Melbourne, smaller concentrations in some of the other states, but some of the other states have very vibrant local communities. And so I expect to see that tick up a little bit. The reason it is in New South Wales is this is where most major corporations are headquartered. At least two of the large banks are headquartered here. And even the ones that aren't headquartered here have a big presence. I do know that our uh, local government here in New South Wales is looking at a number of incentives to offer global reg tech companies to come and set up in New South Wales. And I'm not saying that there aren't incentives from other state governments. There probably are, but it's a good time to be thinking about it right now. You often speak at international RegTech events and collaborate with various RegTech associations in other parts of the world. How would you say the RegTech scene in Australia compares to the other vibrant hubs, such as the UK, Hong Kong, Singapore and Ireland, for example? You know, I mentioned before that we're the third largest um, hub in the world. And so that gave us some courage and confidence in our approach to this. And I think one of the things that I wanted to do as soon as I got involved with the association was to reach out and, and link arms with our global counterparts. And I think we've done a reasonably good job of that. We run uh, every six months a, a meeting with uh, the global associations, in particular in Canada, the UK, US and Singapore. And what makes Australia a little bit unique is that there's a mature RegTech environment here. Uh, you don't have to start from a first principle. People get RegTech and they know what RegTech is, uh, whereas it was probably a little bit of a different story five years ago. It's a mature market, strong regulation. What, what is also quite interesting, and it's probably a similar story for you, is many of the RegTech founders in Australia too all were ex-practitioners. These weren't uh, people that just left university and decided to found a reg tech. Most of them were regulators, worked in professional services or worked in banks themselves. So what there has been is this um, kind of they leapfrogged the whole startup environment, if you like, and went straight to scale up. So all of the reg techs in our community all have customers. They do have a mature outlook. And I think it does give actually reg tech globally a bit of an edge in that it isn't starting from scratch. In terms of Ireland and the UK, I think Australia still probably has a bit to learn from Ireland and the UK where the market is even more mature. And one of the things that I've enjoyed learning about in particular from Ireland is the commitment of the Irish and the UK governments 
behind their reg tech sectors and also the commitment from those governments to patient capital investment funds, which have actually meant that reg tech founders in those jurisdictions have had somewhere to go when it comes to capital raising in those early stages, whereas that probably hasn't been as easy for the Australian counterparts. So I think really those uh, jurisdictions have brought some strength and there's something that Australia could learn from some of that. And I think there's a thriving uh, Singapore market as well. The Singapore Fintech Association have a, a very active reg tech committee it still sits as part of fintech there. And then in Hong Kong, there is um, a Hong Kong RegTech Association, a small one, but that was, um, that's been driven by one of the local practitioners. What I think is most remarkable is that the UK do not have a RegTech Association right now, have not had one over the last five years. But I think um, that that is likely to change because I think there's evidence to suggest that the local associations have really made a difference, not just to RegTech vendors, but actually to the institutions and the regulators that they're serving as well. I think where Australia has an interesting edge is that we've been one of the first groups that have started really talking about government as not only a policymaker and so having an interest in reg tech from making policies, but actually government as a buyer. And we will see significant traction because we have a lot of opportunity to sell reg tech solutions actually into government right now. So I think Australia is leading the way on having that conversation right now. I haven't seen that so much from other countries. The, the government is a buyer. It seems like a really good idea. From our own perspective as a startup, what was important to us was funding indeed. And uh, in Ireland, we have strong Irish roots. As Enterprise Ireland, one of the most active VCs in the world in, in terms of RegTech. And they uh, certainly moved something for Ireland because it's now known for, for having a RegTech scene there even though it's a very small country compared with the others. Similar to what we have witnessed in Hong Kong, is there an active push from the regulator as well in Australia to drive greater rec tech adoption? We've been very lucky in Australia. The, the three main financial services regulators have all been incredibly, not just supportive, but very proactive. I would say all three have an open door. Our prudential regulator was the first person to go on public record to say that they'd actually bought a reg tech solution or a soup tech solution. Our securities and investments regulator runs regular quarterly reg tech liaison forums. And uh, when you come to Australia, I would invite you to come along and attend some of those because it gives you open access to the regulator, understand more about the innovation hub and some of the activities that they are working on. They also have a digital panel that they put together of industry and myself and some other industry associations sit on that panel, but they also invite people to come and participate on that from time to time. And then last but not least, our financial crime uh, regulator is very proactive. They run a series of sessions called the Art Sessions where they will actually meet one-on-one -on -one with RegTech vendors to talk through the solution and not to endorse anyone's solution, but they are very keen to know in deep detail what each solution can do. And we have worked on them in the past uh, to bring RegTech vendors together with key stakeholders of theirs where they can see that they could benefit from being able to deploy some reg tech. So they've been very proactive in helping us to bring those programs together. So I'd say you will enjoy a very welcome door in Australia from the regulators. 
to see regulators engaging as in Hong Kong and Australia, that's very, very good. And I think it's the right path anyway, because they will have to deal with it. And if they sort it out in the front end, not when it's already in place, they have much more power to, to move things. Yes. And furthermore, I should also say that Australia plays a leading role in the global financial innovation network. I think there's something like 70 or 80 countries that now participate in that global forum. And Australia plays a leading role um, in the RegTech stream. In fact, one of our local regulators here is the chair of that RegTech stream. So I think that that underlines the point that they do think that RegTech is very, very important and critical. Well, I always believe that RegTech is not this thing that replaces a bad process with a slightly better process. RegTech is this thing that makes new things possible in regulation as well, because by moving the needle on automation and uh, automating processes that before that were manual, you get a lot of more uh, possibilities in making regulation stronger and you get a lot more data and you can work with that data automatically. So there's subtech coming up, yes. that supervisory technology and all these things together make for a better world where the regulation can be as strong as we need it to be, but the load on consumers and on financial institutions or companies in general does not grow and even shrinks because we have the technology to do so. Yes, in fact, that's a very important point. I believe that RegTech is, is there to safeguard consumers. Now, consumers don't necessarily need to know what RegTech is, but it safeguards consumers. So it's about people, but actually it's about people actually working in this as a profession, either in an institution or in a regulator. You know, this is about empowering people by giving them real tools to actually surface risks earlier, ensure the stability of the system, make better business decisions to safeguard the people in the street. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yes. And uh, I like the point that uh, consumers don't really need to know about RegTech. RegTech is the secret sauce that makes challenger banks and other new phenomenon in the industry possible. What we've observed often across multiple markets is digitization of our own space, KYC and KYB or business KYC. That is one of the most immediate applications of RegTech. Our perception is that the Australian market is quickly embracing the new digital onboarding paradigm, as everyone is, especially in the individual space, but much more recently also the KYB space is gaining momentum. What do you think? Is the Australian financial services sector ready to embrace KYC and KYB automation as it looks? Yes, I, th I think that the evidence is already there. If we look at RegTech across all of its applications, but in particular around identity and including your area of KYC and KYB, I think these are quickly gaining momentum and these become even more important during periods of high uncertainty. We've got increased data flows around the system and financial transactions, such as we've experienced during the pandemic being able to identify that people are who they say they are and organisations are who they say they are. There's an interesting role for RegTech to play here on the whole environmental, social and governance angle as well, which is top of the pops in Australia right now. I've seen you publish some stuff on ESG, so this absolutely should be part of your toolkit coming to Australia because institutions are grappling with how they're going to achieve their ESG goals. So all of this is top of mind driven a lot out of the pandemic right now. But 
we, uh, through our data collection, have seen evidence of RegTech solutions ramping up across the board. Our pitch to win ratios, so in other words, we ask our founders, how's your pitch to win going across different sectors? And in financial services is at an all-time high right now. We've seen the sales cycle reduce. In 2019 was 14 months, now down to eight months. We've seen appetite and more budget going towards RegTech. And significantly, we are also seeing a strong trend towards institutions buying rather than building their own applications. So I think, yes, financial services sector is ripe for the picking in Australia right now. And all the signs are very promising that the barriers are being eroded. And so we've done a lot of the good work for you for when you arrive here and to be near our beautiful beaches. Certainly looking forward to that. Last question. Uh, if tomorrow you woke up and somehow you'd become the global financial regulator, what would be the first thing you would do? And of course, why? I think as a global community, we spend quite a lot of time interpreting. And I don't just mean around language. I mean culture. I mean understanding the language of reg tech, understanding the risks, the data, the insights. We are a global community. Reg tech was born to be global. So it has to traverse this complexity. And it can be complex and it can be difficult. But what about if we were to look at developing digital first standards that allowed true global interoperability to support a global uh, system of safety? What about we make a commitment to future transformation by employing digital first infrastructure policy and lawmaking? There's a lot in that. So that would be my dream Nirvana state. Thank you so much, Deborah. That was enlightening. It was really nice to talk to you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Klaus. And thank you, Maggie. Thank you for listening to this episode of Rec Talks. My name is Klaus Christensen, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of award-winning RecTech provider, Know Your Customer. If you liked the episode, please subscribe to the whole series and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us, suggest a guest or a topic for an upcoming episode, please send us a message at info at knowyourcustomer.com or visit knowyourcustomer.com slash rectalks.